Hi, I'm Kyle. And I'm Trevor. And welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. If you aren't familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a film analysis podcast wherein we introduce each other to films, expand our cinematic horizons, and, in essence, catch up on our cinema. So it is the month of December 2022, uh, which means it is our Satanic Santa month. Uh, All month long, uh, Kyle and I are going to be reviewing uh, films uh, featuring the Christmas spirit as well as uh, some form of evil Santa Claus. Hopefully killing people. Uh, so to kick things off this month, uh, we're starting things out with a review of David Steinman's household name. David Steinman's Santa Slay from 2005. Uh, Kyle, uh, how is it that you and I mutually arrived at reviewing this film to kick off this event month? I think this is one we actually kicked around uh, a couple years ago. Maybe it was even last year we thought about doing. Um, and it just seems like we watched the trailer for it. I'm like, this looks pretty silly. Like, this looks like a pretty stupid movie. But it's got Bill Goldberg playing Santa, and he's supposed to be a violent Santa. And the trailer made it look like it was kind of fun. I'm like, well, if, uh, we're doing this in preparation for the David Harbor. What is it? What's the movie called? A violent Night. Violent Night. Uh, we're doing this in anticipation of that. So it's like, well, let's look at the other violent Santa movies. And, uh, yeah, I was just like, let's just start with this one, because this one looks like stupid fun. Yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly. That was very much my motivation going in, was this looks pretty fucking stupid. Mm -hmm. And that's all I need. This is just, Bill Goldberg is evil Santa, he kills people. The end. 78 minutes in total runtime, by the way. 78 minutes, not even 80. I was going to say, they could have easily gotten it to 76 without these opening credits, because the opening credits are crazy long, and they don't need to be. Actually, now that you mention it, that's 100% right. Um, also because it's redundant, because it's it's verbally explained to us later on in the script. So it it easily could have been excised from the film, resulting in something maybe 75, 74 minutes until the runtime. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, they barely made a movie. Uh, and I kind of appreciate that, because it didn't waste a whole lot of my time. Um, and as Kyle had mentioned, uh, Bill Goldberg... Uh, Pro wrestler, Bill, oh, ex-NFL player and uh, pro wrestler, Bill Goldberg, uh, headlines the cast. Uh, And if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, you'll know that I'm a huge wrestling fan, especially uh, a fan of the, quote, attitude era of sports entertainment, the WWF and WCW rivalry period, uh, of which Bill Goldberg was a standout uh, at the time, just known as Goldberg. (laughs) Uh, So the novelty factor of seeing him headline a film is something I personally have never had the pleasure of enjoying. I've seen him in many other films, um, but this is the only one I know of that he he was the main attraction for. Um, This came out during a period where he was in transition, like in terms of like his career. Uh, He had, I believe, just exited the WWF. Um, because he had his tenure in WCW where he was a phenom. He had his big undefeated streak uh, where he did three moves and entertained people for two minutes at a time. Um, but then he went to go work for the other company and got booed out of the stadium. Damn. Uh, I don't know if you know the story, Kyle. Like, are you familiar with this at all? Uh, no. Uh, he and Brock Lesnar, uh, it got out that the both of them, the two of them, were both leaving the company to go on to hopefully greater things in brock lesnar's case in his case absolutely he did Uh, he went on to become ufc champion heavyweight champion 
um, where what other weight class could he possibly join? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, whereas Goldberg would leave the company and go do a lot of like reality TV and movies. Um, but the both of them uh, got booed out of the fucking stadium at WrestleMania because the crowd was aware that they were leaving the company the next day. Uh, so nobody gave a shit about what either of them had to offer in the ring that day. Uh, but yeah, this came out during that period where Goldberg was trying to make it in TV and film. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it exactly worked out, um, but he has since found his way back to WWE. Um, and I don't even know if he's officially retired yet. Like he, he gets trotted out every once in a while for pay-per-view events and whatnot, mostly in Saudi Arabia. Um, so I don't even know if he's officially retired as a pro wrestler just yet. Gotcha. Um, I re- so remember hearing something. Is he a bit of a piece of shit? Like he's not kind. Of, he's kind of not liked by other wrestlers. Is that him? Is he one of those guys? I mean, there's a lot of those guys yeah. in that or in that company in that in that organization in that in that line of work. But I think a big thing with him is that he had a little bit of inflated ego because he got a Steven Seagal esque. Uh, rocket strapped to his ass um in terms of like the push he got for promotion and whatnot he got to start out like hitting the ground running whereas a lot of other people had to eat shit and like pay their dues whereas him it was like the second he debuted on tv it's like the company's pushing him they want him to be a big thing um and of course he got to go on like a big undefeated streak and also as a wrestler from a technical standpoint he never really developed beyond a certain point like he, he's a three-minute match guy like like he's capable of doing what he does exceedingly well like he's all he comes out like a house on fire in inside of those first two minutes and everything he does in those two minutes is phenomenal to watch but he can't carry like a an hour-long bret hart like technical like spot fest or something it's like he he He's his talent's a little bit anemic when it comes to like actually putting on a real wrestling match. Well, the man, I mean, as far as his physical physique, he has presence in the ring. He, I think, he and Hunter, and I'm going to say Hunter Hurst Helmsley, uh, Triple H, like as far as their physiques are concerned, like you'll turn your head. Dave Batista as well. It's just like, whoa, that dude is a professional wrestler. He is fucking jacked. Uh, I think Bill Goldberg is like pretty high up there because his his tr- like his his whatever those muscles are that you have up there, <laughs> whatever that shit is, is pretty crazy. I like to call it the tortoise shell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, look, he looks like he has a tortoise shell on his back. He looks like a fucking ninja turtle from the shoulders up. Um, but yeah, that was that was his gimmick as a as a wrestler. He was all presence and intensity, um, but beyond those first couple of minutes, he would flounder. Um, and that's why a lot of the other guys probably didn't appreciate him as much. It's like, how come he gets all these accolades and rewards, even though we have to go 10 times as long as he does to get like half the crowd pops as he does? Uh, yeah, so this movie is, uh, we had fun watching I think we both had fun watching it. Uh, I'll give the plot description real quick. Santa Claus is actually a demon who lost a bet with an angel, so he becomes the giver of toys and happiness. But when the bet is off, he returns to his evil ways. Uh, that's what this movie is. Um, I just want to say that he is very strange and special creepy looking as santa this makeup that they have on him he is very weird looking uh which i 
as far as like creature design is concerned, I think this was pretty effective. Yeah, I kind of like the wig and the beard. Like yeah. it doesn't look hokey. No, like it. Do- you you don't have like any visible like seam lines where the wig is attached to his scalp or anything. Um, and the costume is well ornamented. It, it's actually a pretty decent ensemble. Yeah, like, it looks all right. And he does have like a an odd way about him where it's like he's very clearly an enormous like super jacked athlete but they put like this little pad on his stomach and so like his proportions just look really off (laughs) or it's like i i don't i don't think he actually has a belly i think that that's them attempting to make him look more santa like but bill goldberg is just such a force of nature that he's like eroding the, the, the stomach pad or something with every day that passes on the set when you hear the name bill goldberg you are not expecting to see bill goldberg you're expecting somebody who looks completely different if you enter that into google what you're going to get is the kid from the mighty tax that makes <laughs> like, more like sense, yeah. if you if you type goldberg into google search half of your results are going to be the wrestler and half of them are going to be that guy from the mighty ducks who as far as i understand um, I don't even know if he's still alive. I think he he hit a really rough patch he's, in recent he, days. It, uh, was he the chubby kid from Mighty Ducks? Yeah, he did. He was the goal. He did hit a bit of a rough patch, but he is actually uh, he's sought treatment and he is actually doing better these days, from what I understand. So that's fantastic. Last yeah. time I saw him, he was on the King of Queens, and goddamn it, he was still funny. King of Queens. Oof! Wow, you watch that? <laughs> I wouldn't tell people that. Of course I did. <laughs> I watched the fuck out of that show. <laughs> um, we could talk about the... Want to talk about the director real quick? This is a one and done for him. Um, he is mostly a production assistant, and he was one assistant to director Brett Ratner on a film. God damn it, Kyle. Con- this continues the fucking streak here at ah, Catching Up on Cinema. Assistant of, to uh, director Brett Ratner. <laughs> You know, it's like one degree of Kevin Bacon removed from a, a intensely problematic entity in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. fuck. <laughs> yeah, we run into that a lot, unfortunately, <laughs> in this industry. Um, in particular, on like films that we review for this this show, catching up on cinema. Um, We're not looking. Jeepers for it. Creepers is probably the worst one, <laughs> but this one is also bad as well. Because yeah, Brett Ratner is a, as far as I know, confirmed piece of shit. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it's alleged or confirmed, but it's somewhere in between, probably leaning towards confirmed. But yeah, as far as I understand, this guy, David Steinman, uh, this is like his only directing credit, but he has numerous other credits in the industry, seemingly all connected to uh, director slash producer Brett Ratner. And it stands to reason being as Ratner is a producer on this film, uh, that this film was basically like gifted to him somehow, mm-hmm. uh, like basically just like here kid direct this film because you were cool to me on the set like the past couple movies we've worked together on uh so this was a one and done for him um but you know what it's not terrible like i'll say that straight up it's not a terrible film it, it kind of knows what it is uh, the dialogue is cringy from time to time mm-hmm. uh but you know a little bit of bill goldberg goes a long way and 78 minutes is doing it right in terms of like knowing knowing the the limits to which you can you can reach uh with your santa sleigh film yeah. uh i wrote down the cast but they're not even in this movie so the only person that's actually in the movie that i wrote down is dave thomas um the only people that i wrote down they're only in this opening scene are rebecca gayhart chris Catan, fran drescher 
and I couldn't find him in the cast list. James Caan. I was like, like I did a double take. I was like, wait, is that is that James Caan? Uh, I was shocked and surprised uh, that he was in here for thirty seconds. Yeah, this kind of seems like a case of maybe uh, like a sizzle reel or like a, a a prologue that they shot ahead of time or something to to secure distribution for the film. Mm. Where it's like, hey, we filmed this like three minute prologue with all these big names and all of our most creative kills. Not all of them, but some of the more creative kills in the film. It's like if you present that before you've even shot the rest of the movie, like while you're still in production or something, then you can show it to distributors and they'll be like, oh, fuck yes, I'll buy that. And it's like, well, we already got the money. We already got the we already got them on board. Well, we can just make the next 75 minutes, whatever the fuck we want. So that may have been the case. Uh, I have to assume a lot of fucking favors were called in <laughs> to, to get all of this talent in one room uh, because they are not present for the remainder of the 78 minutes of the film. Um, but yeah, when I saw James Conn in here, I was like, oh no, they got Jimmy Conn. <laughs> like that was a surprise. Yeah, I was gonna, that was pretty shocking. Um, did, when was Elf? Was Elf the year before this? I think 2004 was Elf. It was three or four, I think. Yeah, it was right so around there. Maybe he was. Uh, maybe James Conn was doing a lot of. Uh, yeah, it was three. Mm. Uh, maybe he was in the uh, in a Christmas mood. Who knows? Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> seem like that kind of guy. Uh, but maybe. <laughs> yeah. One one thing I think is interesting to point out about this movie is that this is a very Jewish production, um, and I actually enjoy that aspect of it to some degree. I don't know what it is, but Bill Goldberg is he is of Jewish background, like. Um, Saul Rubinek is absolutely. Um, he's also seemingly tied in with the director and the and the producers. Uh, he's been in other Brett Ratner productions, um, but this entire prologue sequence is just filled wall to wall with with Jewish Hollywood talent, including James Caan, which is not something I was aware of. Um, I didn't know that uh, until his passing. I caught like a little news program where they talked about his parentage and like his his childhood and stuff. And I, I was not aware of that. Uh, he was kind of like uh, my dad or a lot of other people like on the East Coast, I have to imagine, where it's like it was just like it's there, but we don't talk about it so much. Uh, because all throughout his filmography, he's, he's basically like a it's Irish-Italian character actor is what he was generally typecast as. Um, but yeah, apparently that was actually true. Um, I was not aware of that until, unfortunately, he passed away. Um but yeah, Kyle, do you want to go front to back on this one real quick, being yeah. as it's less than 80 minutes long? <laughs> yeah, we can, we can jump right into it. Uh, we the, the movie wastes no time. It's just like we get to a house where there's dinner happening. And th- I mean, this is a f- this is kind of a funny scene. This is this was okay. Um, we got uh, James Caan as the dad. And then we've got two other women who I have no idea who they are. Rebecca Gayhart, who seems to be married to Chris Kattan. And then it looks like her mother is Fran Drescher. And just to, I guess, go through this, um, she, I mean, I'm just going to put it out there. Fran Drescher is hot. Uh, <laughs> she, that's the name, like, she was kind of a joke because of her voice, but I'm like, if you put it on mute, I'm like, she's actually a very lovely woman. It's, uh, you just, it's hard to tell when she's talking. Uh, that, that's the joke for her. Um, I was kind of bummed that Chris Kattan wasn't in this for longer because I'm not going to seek him out, but when he pops up in something, it's usually, I'm like, I'm usually get chuckles out of him. Um, but he straight up finger bangs her <laughs> underneath the table at this t- table scene. 
yeah uh, this this is a very lewd sequence like virtually every line of dialogue tossed back and forth is filled with some sort of explicit innuendo of some sort uh at one point in the in the movie i do believe uh south park is on in the background of a scene or something mm. um i i can't remember exactly i'm probably getting my wires crossed but the point is that's what you need to have in the back of your mind when you're watching this is this was probably written and directed by people who watched a lot of south park at the time and it very much has that vibe this is very much like early 2000s not mid 2000s but like early 2000s boob comedy writing this is like this is just lewd for the sake of being lewd. this has got scary movie lighting like it looks exactly like a scary movie movie um i was wow you hit it right on the head man the the lighting was (laughs) it it just it took me right there um but yeah uh there there's just some bickering and arguing and then like punisher 2 warzone fucking bill goldberg just comes straight down Trevor, I am sorry. I just realized that was Stone Cold's theme music. I apologize. Uh, I'll get it right next time. Oh, I didn't even notice, Kyle. Oh. So I don't know how you managed to slip that in under the radar. Like, I, I must have been asleep at the wheel. For Damn it. One. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> and I apologize, Matt, if you're listening. I will make sure not to make that mistake again. Um, yeah, dude. And then he just fucking Punisher war zones these people. Um, what, what were some of the... What were some of the... How does he dispatch these people? Okay, so I, I have to applaud the, the timing of the choreography and the edit here uh, of when he comes down the chimney. Because he does not come down the chimney. He, he just, shoom, like a stone, just falls down the chimney. <laughs> and there's a loud, audible thump. And then immediately he Kool-Aid mans his way through the chimney. He just like walks through the stone yeah. walling, which is tremendous. I love that. Um, and then uh, I, I love that he does a, a James Bond-esque hat toss. He takes his little mm-hmm. floppy hat and he tosses it onto the coat rack. Great timing in the edit there. And then uh, Fran Drescher, she does the laugh. Uh, she did the thing, mm-hmm. like the thing that we all were paying her for in the 90s. We're introduced to her from her boobs. Like, we legit, like, she goes, we haven't seen her head yet. They focus in on her boobs and then the camera <laughs> tilts up. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's Fran Drescher. Wow, that's some complex camera work and choreography right there. <laughs> I wonder how many takes that took to get right. Um, but yeah, uh, Bill Goldberg has his first line here. Um, and I noticed they started to modulate his voice mm-hmm. in this movie. Like Freddy Krueger-esque like, voice modulation. But then they like drop it partway through. I kinda, so I don't know what happened there. I kind of wish they would have kept it. That would have been kind of fun. Uh, there's a couple of lines where I appreciate just hearing just naked Goldberg. Like, I, I appreciate just hearing him say it because it sounds so much worse and therefore more funny. Um, but yeah, his first lines here in this prologue sequence are modulated where he sounds like Freddy Krueger or something. And he says, yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. <laughs> it's like, that's what you're going with, okay? Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the one thing uh, that really hurts this movie a lot and it's not the lighting actually i found that charming because mm-hmm. like you kyle that like put me back in a place in time kind of yeah. where i was like oh man i remember when theatrical features looked like this yes. <laughs> like i remember when this was acceptable like that didn't bother me what bothered me was the music oh um, the this, constant this Christmas. soundtrack is <sighs> it's terrible like the movie starts out with like a a terrible MIDI rendition of Joy to the World, and then there's all manner of, like, shitty Casio keyboard renditions of Christmas carols, 
But whenever Santa starts killing people in this movie, they start just like blasting some of the the worst, like generic Christmas songs, like stuff that you don't hear in the mall, like like just stuff that was easy to get the rights to, that was probably cheap, like from the bargain bin of Christmas carols, stuff you wouldn't recognize. And it's all terrible. And, and the energy never really matches the action. And it just draws so much attention to itself that it really takes a lot of the fun out of it. And so I'm not going to talk about this all throughout the review, but you just need to keep in mind, dear listener, that this is ever present for like literally every sequence in which Bill Goldberg is killing people or doing stuff in this movie, which is roughly 80% of the runtime, which again is doing it right in terms of managing your ratios of action in your 78 minute film. But uh, there's a Pomeranian in the, in the room that he kicks. It's okay. Cause it's, 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 it's obviously it's a, a stuffed dog. It's a stuffed animal. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I need to do a trigger warning for that. Um, but yes, uh, Kyle was, very accurate in citing Punisher Warzone here um, because the the table roll when he does a front roll onto the table is is very Punisher Warzone-esque very Ray Stevenson-esque he doesn't have a chandelier to grab hold of and hang upside down from in the you know Boondock Saints style but he does like a, a roll onto the table and he, he jams a couple of knives through James Conn's hands and we get a good close-up of James Conn doing what he does best and that is yelling and he goes <laughs> and I really appreciate that. I've never seen him yell in a movie. I've never seen him yell. He doesn't yell in The Godfather or Elf. I mean, he gets mad at Buddy, but he doesn't like scream at him. Yeah, I've never seen him yell in a movie. I'm not really a James Caan fan. I, I actually really like James Caan. Mm-hmm. I've gone out of my way to watch a few James Caan movies before he passed away. Um, but in The Godfather, he's doing more of the... Uh, He's doing more of the Joe Pesci in Home Alone. <laughs> like it's a lot of under his breath kind of stuff. Like when he's kicking that dude out by the fire, the 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 fire plug or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, James Con is good at yelling for sure. I, I like James Con. He's actually better at, at simmering, uh, like like being this close to blowing mm-hmm. the fuck up on people. Like Elf is wonderful for that. Where it's like that is really good use of your James Con, where he's just. Oh, he's this close. He's this close. It's like he's that dad who would count to three. It's yeah. like he's that dad. Uh, I did like him trying to pull the knives out of his hands with his mouth. I got a good kick out of that. Yeah, that was a nice little unsuccessful detail. Yeah, unsuccessful. <laughs> uh, Goldberg scares one of the twins. She faints and she falls backwards onto some form of spike goes through her throat which is kind of cool mm-hmm. I, i'm not positive what that was maybe it was part of the chair or something um and goldberg takes a swig of some booze uh, he lights his own fire and spits it in fran treasure's face <laughs> uh which is actually kind of yeah. neat the fire effect in 2005 this was not horrible Ooh. this was not horrible honestly by by the standards of the day um mm-hmm. but we get to see fran drescher's hair catch on fire which is funny um, and Chris Catan gets uh, kicked into a, a glass cabinet full of plating. Uh, it's it's nice. It kind of reminds me of uh, the the finale of the Steven Seagal film Belly the Beast, where he front kicks a dude and he like flies thirty feet backwards <laughs> across the room. That's a nice wire gag. But uh, whoever the stunt person was, they ate shit and they made it look great. Um, got some flashbacks to a. Goldberg uh, kicking Brett Bret Hart 
that that wasn't fun. That was the concussion that ended Bret Hart's career. Um, and uh, Fran Drescher's drowned in eggnog. Uh, and before she goes down, she's she screams, "I've been good!" <laughs> it's like, "Oh, girl." <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, I thought that's what he was going to be doing. I thought he was going to be like a Hannibal Lecter. Like, he's just killing rude people. Like, he's killing people on the naughty list. But, uh, no, he's just killing people. <laughs> there's no real there's no real code. Yeah, uh, it's it's kind of funny how that works. Where it's just like, the Santa in this film was just revealed to be a complete asshole that just really enjoys murdering people. Um, but, yeah, that would have that would have been what I expected going in, was that he just, like, gives outsized punishments to people who are on the, like even touching the naughty list or <laughs> it'd be kind of funny if like somebody like spits on the sidewalk in front of him <laughs> it's, just, it's just like it's just yeah. like their meter of naughty to nice just like ticks over just one point and he's like oh you gotta die <laughs> you gotta die uh at one point he throws a uh, the christmas star uh into the back of a woman's head much like a, a shuriken or something uh and then he offs uh, James Caan by stuffing a turkey leg in his mouth, which looked really uncomfortable mm. for both parties involved. Uh, and then he kind of just like bashes his head against the table. This is where you need a head explosion. I'm sorry. Like that that's what this movie did need is a little bit more gore. Just like I needed him to to have a Jason X style just like head go splat on the table or something. Just to, you know, punctuate the scene. Uh, but no. Uh, anyway, that's what we got. And then we get the title sequence. It's two minutes long. It's so long. I was like, D- here's here's the majority of your movie is in this, ti- in this title sequence. Uh, it takes forever. Um, but yeah, we just get some illustrations of something. I'm not real sure. I wasn't paying attention. Um, and then we get to a, a nice Jewish deli. Uh, where This was filmed in Canada, obviously. Um but I'm not sure exactly where we're supposed to be. I don't think it's just it's just supposed to be anywhere America, I'm guessing. Um, that's kind of what I took it as. Uh, we get Saul Rubinick. He's a Jewish deli owner. And this old, this old hag, this old lady, just bitching up a storm. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, she's going to die soon. She has to absolutely die soon. Uh, she's just, you know, being super rude. Um, and she ends up taking off. Uh, does she get killed right away? Or do we get, uh, like, after she leaves... She leaves and then dies. So like roughly two minutes yeah. after she's introduced. Um, but yeah, she's terrible. She's a bigot. Uh, she she had she's one of those Merry Christmas types where she will accept no mm-hmm. other uh, you know farewell than a Merry Christmas. Like no, there are no happy holidays in her world. You're in a Jewish deli. That's a happy holidays situation. <laughs> yes, it, that that should be understood as soon as you set foot in that place. Um, also, <laughs> uh, I I don't know if this is a symptomatic of two thousand and five, but four fifty for a roast beef sandwich at a legitimate Jewish deli? Fuck! Absolutely not. Fuck, Dude, man! I wish I could get anything for four fifty. <laughs> Dude, go to Dingfelder's in Capitol Hill and get one of those sandwiches. That's a twenty-five dollars sandwich you're getting. Minimum. (laughs) But it is a fantastic sandwich and it's absolutely worth it. Don't get it for lunch because you're not going to do any work the rest of the day because there there's so much meat on there. But excellent sandwiches. But yeah, I was seeing that and she's like complaining. I was like, so you're being the miserly old lady over a. Four fifty sandwich, a, a delicious four fifty roast beef sandwich. That in two thousand and twenty two, I have to pay roughly four times as much for. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So she, I think she just gets into a, 
uh, I think Goldberg ends up on her tail. She's not going fast enough. I think he just runs her off the road somehow. Yeah, Kai, I need to ask you musical question. Something that you would know that I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Move, bitch! Get out the way! That is uh, ludicrous. Move, bitch! Get out well, the way! Well, Goldberg get gives out the way, he bitch, gives a Ludo quote way. here in this film just mm. before running her off the road with his bison-driven sled, which is kind yes. of fucking awesome. Not gonna lie, <laughs> I actually really like that because it's an it's an actual buffalo. Like they had an actual buffalo on the set for this film, um, and it 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 matches the aesthetic very well. Like it matches the Goldberg aesthetic very well. I was gonna say he's built like a Tatanka, so <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. Um, yeah, so Jewish jelly owner, uh, he, I'll just call him Saul. Uh, he gets these two, there's these two, our, our breeding pair. I didn't care to learn their names. Um, the one girl, I think she was in the Hills Have Eyes remake from around this time. Oh. And the other kid, I have no idea who Apparently he Apparently he was in The Bye Bye Man, uh, which is often thought of as one of the, the worst, uh, attempts at a horror franchise from that era. Um, the scenes that the director chooses to let breathe and have us hone in on are just kind of strange, but, uh, he gives these two kids some snow globes. She gives him a ride home. Uh, there's a little bit of like a, there's some electricity between the two of them. She's definitely thrown more, thrown more towards him. Um, but he goes home and he's got, has he got two or three different keys he has to use to get into this house? Yeah. This is a very security conscious household. Um, it, it, yeah. It's roughly three keys. Um, by the way, uh, Mug, Pepsi, and Spam all got paid. <laughs> Those are two good things. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you which. <laughs> yeah, you can choose. Uh, but yeah, he heads into the basement of this house. Uh, that's where his grandpa lives, uh, which is who he lives with. Uh, his parents are out of the picture. Uh, so grandpa has a reputation for being, for being a kooky grandpa. Uh, he's kind of thought of as the crazy guy in town. Uh, and they find Grandpa in the basement. Uh, he has issues with potty mouth, by the way. He's like telling his son, here's a mm-hmm. grandson, Nick. By the, it's like Nick and Mac, I think. Mac is the gal. Um, he's like, hey, don't take the Lord's name in vain and stuff. Uh, and everybody else, literally everyone else in this film is just dropping profanity left and right. So he stands out in that way. Uh, but he uh, he goes on these wacko inventing binges, and he has, if the movie had a higher budget, his house would look like Pee Wee Herman's house or something, because he has like all these mm-hmm. gadgets and stuff running around. And he has a nutcracker gun, um, as well as a secondary basement in the form of like a fallout shelter. Uh, he has a bunker down here. This guy is weeks away from drinking his own piss. Uh, yeah, he's he's a bit of a nut job. Yeah, uh, that spam that's upstairs, uh, that's just one of about 30,000 cans that are down in this bunker. But uh, we cut to Santa for a second, a.k.a. Bo Goldberg, and uh, he has a little altercation with a mugger uh, who attacks him. And uh, this mugger gets a candy cane uh, stabbed in his eye socket, and then he is tossed, uh, like military press style, uh, into a dumpster, which is, Mm -hmm. again, very good use of your Bill Goldberg. That's what he's here for. Yeah. I was, uh, we'll get to it. There's a couple of characters in here. There was the bouncer specifically. I'm like, is that another wrestler? It's not. But I was like, you could have thrown, like, just had somebody else, like a retired, somebody who retired in, like, the 80s, uh, just wrestler in here as a bouncer for fun. Yeah, but see, that, that's that's an interesting point. Because that's what I would have expected. If this was made in 2022, that's what this would be. Is just filled mm. with wall-to-wall cameos of other wrestling talent. 
Um, but I want to say that maybe what you pointed out about Goldberg not being particularly well liked in a lot of circles yeah. amongst wrestlers is what prevented that from happening in this film. Because I totally would have expected that. Hell, even a Suburban Commando, the Hulk Hogan film, which we will review someday. Like, we may have to have Matt on for that one because he and I, that is a guilty fucking pleasure. I I love that movie. Even that one has Crush and The Undertaker in it. And a lot of other Hulk Hogan movies have at least one other wrestler in the cast. And it's Hulk Hogan we're talking about. He's not exactly the most well-liked wrestler either. But in Bill Goldberg's no, case, yeah. in 2005, I don't know that he had that many friends in the industry yet, or ever. Well, I, I, I'm aware that Andre the Giant did not like Randy Savage, Macho Man Randy Savage. He just did not, he did not they care are, for him. They are diametrically opposed. They, they are opposite personalities in the extreme. <laughs> but I'm like, did, did everybody else like Macho Man Randy Savage? Was he, was, I he, think was he well liked? Everybody respected him. Everybody yeah. respected him, but uh, he was so particular. He was a very persnickety individual. I could see him getting under mm. people's skin and him being annoying to some people just because he was such a perfectionist. Um, but there was always respect, though. His his commitment to uh, to fucking sleight of hand magic, man. I get it. <laughs> <Yeah>. The cream <laughs> of the crop. Uh yeah, so yeah, he kills this dude, and then we spend we spend a lot of time with Grandpa in this book. He's just like, you need to practice your fucking Norse or whatever, otherwise you're not going to know how to speak it. And like, okay, um, he talks uh, talk about this book shit that's happening. Uh, his friend girl comes over. Uh, they're hanging out on the couch with Grandpa. Grandpa goes to bed. She gives him a gift, which is a handgun that turns into a transformer. Yeah. Um. Okay, I don't. This doesn't come back at all in the movie. It just is a weird little gift. It's it comes from their conversation in the car when you said they were trying to get cozy with each other. Is that are you? You paid attention? Do you have like six pages of notes over there? I probably have twelve, Kyle. I wrote a lot, (laughs) dude. I have one page. I have one page of notes. I ripped it out of my notebook. So I'm like, I don't even need my notebook for this. No, we, we've talked this about this before, Kyle. When I take notes, I I rewrite the movie. <laughs> Dude, this 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 is a almost. I almost didn't take notes. I'm like, honestly, I I think I could have gotten through without even taking notes. I was pretty sleepy when I watched this movie. It was roughly six a.m. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and so I think I took the notes because I was afraid I wouldn't retain any of it uh, because this is such a surface level affair. But did you pause the movie to take notes? A couple of times, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! I wanted to make sure I remembered exactly what happened to James Con. God damn it! Oh. <laughs> I needed to remember that part where he tried to pull the knives out of his hands and failed. But yeah, it's a callback to when they were in the car together. He says he doesn't like Christmas and he cites the dumbest reason possible in that he never got the gifts that he asked for. It's like, that's such a shallow and like, I don't know, not not relatable gripe with Christmas. Like, like I could understand if it was a Phoebe Cates situation where it's like, my fucking dad died on Christmas or something. Oh, God. <laughs> you remember that bit that. from Gremlins? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember awesome. watching it for the first... I never watched it as a kid. I watched that for the first time as an adult. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Did she- Where's this going? That was <laughs> awesome. Came out of nowhere. That's such a wonderful cul-de-sac. 
<laughs> it's like I love that beat in that movie, and I like that they make light of it in the second one. Um, but with a, I think it's Lincoln Day or something. Anyway, uh, he said he never got the gifts they wanted, and he cited like he said like I wanted an Optimus Prime, and I got an Easy Bake Oven. It's like, dude, it's two thousand and five. You're pretty young. Why were you asking for an Optimus Prime? It's like, oh, this was written by people that were older than him, clearly. But anyway, it she gave him the Transformer because it's like her way of saying like, well, now you got the thing that you wanted all those years ago. But yeah, uh, Grandpa, he is particularly feel fearful of Santa this year in particular. Uh, by the way, he fart he cropped us uh, his grandson. He farts directly in his face on the staircase. I did, didn't even catch that. It, it, it's a weird moment that's just there. It just happens. <laughs> um, but uh, Grandpa pulls out a tome that the kid uh, thinks he says, "What is that? The Necronomicon?" It's like. <sighs> Maybe don't draw attention to things that are better than your movie, like Lovecraft yeah. or Evil Dead. Maybe just don't do that. Um, but um, in the book, we learn about the Day of Slayings, the Dag of Mord, is <laughs> what it's called in Nordic or whatever the fuck. Um, and the inverse of that, I guess, is Christ Mass, uh, a.k.a. Christmas. Um, and yeah, we, we reiterate the uh, basically everything that was told to us in the title credits uh the that two minutes of animation that we saw but yeah the girl shows up and she gives him his gift um and uh we cut to pastor dave thomas uh mm-hmm. aka the biggest name in the film <laughs> yeah basically uh i mean james Kahn is the biggest name but dave thomas is the one who's actually in the film no, he's the actually the a time. part of the film though <laughs> Uh, he's a skeezy pastor. He's just telling people, he's like, give money to God. You need to give tithes. Don't, don't give him your change. Give him bills. Give him dollar bills, which is pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, Mercedes also paid, uh, to be in this because we get, I'm like, that's weird that we're getting a full on gorgeous shot of a Mercedes pulling up. It almost looks like, it almost looks like a commercial, like the way it pulls up. It's kind of crazy. Um, but he goes to a, uh, he goes to a strip club. Uh, he's clearly, you know, shaving money off of the uh, offering plate and uh, putting it in some titties. Um, and this is probably the most 2000s part of this because um, he's in there enjoying the strip club. And uh, wouldn't you know it? Fucking Santa shows up. Bill Goldberg show. Wait. Oh, no. That that's not his theme song either. That was Sable's theme song. I can't believe I did that again. I, I, I'm God sorry, folks. I was asleep at the wheel. I should have called Kyle out on his bullshit, but somehow that I, I just oh. didn't catch that, man. You know. Was that a tiger just now? Dad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Pastor Dave Thomas, uh, he goes into the strip club, and I, I did like the bit where he's like hanging up on his wife on the cell phone as he's walking into the place. It's just, you know, we're just calling attention to the fact that he's a, he's a scumbag. Um but yeah, Kyle's absolutely right. This is probably the most 2000s aspect to this movie because there was an obsession with strippers and strip clubs and uh, wet t-shirt contests and all manner of boobage in the 2000s. I'm talking Girls Gone Wild, The Man Show, all manner of things uh, devoted to this particular I don't know, vibe, this aesthetic. Um, uh Playboy had like I would say Playboy kind of had a resurgence in the 2000s because we had the show with Hugh Hefner, uh, Girls Next Door. That was like a reality show where he was 
like dating the three chicks. Um, but yeah, I remember Playboy was just kind of all over the place at this time. Uh, it's not really around anymore. They that kind of went to the wayside. They, they were because internet porn was coming was really starting to rear its um, its head. And it's like we gotta do something different. People, people just aren't playing Playboy's anymore. Um, but yeah, this—I mean, all there's a lot of boobs just in like a, like in ninety seconds in this. Um, also, he definitely commits a crime here. Um, glad they didn't do anything else with this, but he ends up just grabbing one of the strippers and just starts making out with her um, against her wishes. Uh, and he points up and he's like, "Ah, mistletoe," and she just kind of like, "Eh, whatever." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of shrugged off. It, it's neither funny nor uncomfortable. It's just like, wow, you just wasted roughly 10 seconds of your movie. <laughs> Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Santa pulls up and he has a valet park his sled for him, which is kind of cute because it's driven by a fucking buffalo and has rockets attached to the back of it. Uh, Santa kills the doorman with a wreath. Um, and yeah, this while this guy is big, I don't recognize him as a pro wrestler talent of any renown. He may have a wrestling background, but not on t- the TV <laughs> I was watching. Um, but Santa goes into the club. Uh, we're in the song Pussytown uh, is playing off of the PA system. Uh, you know it's a quality establishment. Uh, we get a line from Goldberg. Ho, 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 plural. Uh, yeah. And uh, commence kill sequence. Uh, basically, he just wrecks everyone's shit in this room. Uh, again, we get that lovely, terrible Christmas music playing here. Uh, and I will point out that uh, when I watched this film on Amazon, by the way, uh, <laughs> it was a free rental for me. Uh, uh, Vince Russo is, cre- is credited as being part of the background, like, actors. Uh, Vince Russo is, is like... A controversial figure in the world of wrestling in that he uh was supposed to have been responsible for some of like the the good wwf writing like booking um but was also responsible for like the downfall of wcw in the in the late 90s and early 2000s did you say good wwf writing yes i did Kyle. are you talking about dialogue <laughs> uh more more structure than oh. than than like dialogue more more just like the things that happen and when they happen oh oh okay that 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 makes more sense yeah yeah clearly Uh, that makes makes more sense (laughs) (laughs) i'm not knocking wrestling people have their own tastes i'm just teasing anyway vince vince russo is is a controversial figure and he was he's cited in the credits as like on amazon anyway as being in the background i didn't see him but I will point out that the guy who gets the electric pole at the end of the sequence looks kind of like him. So maybe Amazon, the algorithm got confused or something. But uh, that would have been funny if Vince Russo was in the background of the scene because he, he was involved in the booking around the time Goldberg was wrestling. Um, but yeah, this is just a montage of kills. Uh, one of the bouncers run, runs up yeah. on Goldberg after he uh, smooches that stripper against her will or the waitress against her will. Uh, he gets tied up with some Christmas lights and then gets stabbed by his buddy on accident. Uh, we get a kip up. Uh, I did like the bit where uh, Goldberg sprays the Windex on the pole. That actually was kind of cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, I was watching this on the laptop and Steph just happened to look over. She's like, why is he cleaning that? I'm like, uh, well, it's something that the dancers do in between. Uh, 
And if you work at an all nude strip, you know what? It's it's just something that they do because you got to keep the germs off. Everybody's putting their hands on it, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I thought that was that was a cute uh, bit of you know physical. Yeah, it's funny. Um, a dude gets a pickaxe to the face, which is kind of cool. Uh, we get Goldberg very clumsily yeah. spinning a stripper pole as a bow staff. Um, and then probably the most gruesome kill in the entire movie happens here where the Vince Russo lookalike, uh, is handed the, the metal pole. Yes. And then it's kicked up into a lighting fixture. He gets Matt, he gets Max Shrek. Yes. Uh, he gets straight up Max Shrek. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a kiss, Santa Claus. (laughs) I just, I just watched that the other day while I was sitting down doing work. That, that's a good one to sit down and do work with because if you're not paying attention, you still have the soundtrack in the background. Um, but yeah, so dude, he's a straight up domestic terrorist. Like what he's doing, he's just killing people at whim, setting things on fire. Like he is just an absolute maniac. Um, yeah, this is where uh, our breeding pair are hanging out, uh, and I think we, I think she ends up leaving. That like they have a bit of an argument. Uh, she's clearly way into him, and he's just not. He's just not getting it. Um, he, this is where he reads about the book. This is where we get the stop motion story about uh, Santa and the angel, about the, the bet that they have and the curling. Uh, kind of crazy in 2005 because I didn't learn about curling until the rest of the world learned, like the, the rest of the United States learned about curling just like a few years ago. I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> what is this? What is that they're doing? Like, oh, it's curling. It's actually really huge um, in countries where it snows a lot. Um, but yeah, there's, this is where we got the bet. Uh, that again, Could you explain this bet to me one more time? <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'll try to be succinct because it, it's it's more complicated than it ought to be. Um, but I, I did okay. like the presentation of this because this is done in Rankin-Bass style stop motion. Um, mm-hmm. Very, I wouldn't say it's like a slavish attention to detail, but it's it's somebody cared about replicating that particular style of stop motion which doesn't have to be high quality in fact it makes it more endearing if it looks a little jank which this is um anyway we get the story from like nick reading this tome uh about uh an angel coming down from the heavens disguising himself as an old man and challenging santa claus who in this universe is uh a virgin birthed son of satan he is the Antichrist nice. in this universe. Uh, I don't really feel like, I mean, not to be crass, but I don't really feel like the devil's not doing virgin birth. That doesn't sound his like his style. I mean, that, that sounds like a denial of pleasure, um, which doesn't yeah. seem like something well, yeah. he'd be terribly into. Anyway, uh, Santa is the Antichrist <laughs> in this universe, and this old man uh, challenges Santa to a curling contest where the, the, like, the, the stipulations are like... Uh, we're trying to get our curling stones as close to this hole in a frozen lake as possible. Um, and whoever gets closest without falling in wins. And basically the old man says like, Hey Santa, I know you have your, uh, your kill, your crazy kill streak going where you just like kill people at whim all day, every day. Um, if I win, you have to be good. Um, and your day of slaying your dag of Mord." Uh, will henceforth become Christ, Christ Mass. It'll be Christmas. So you'll have to be good, and you'll have to like spread joy and give gifts to people on what would normally be your day of slaying uh, for the next thousand years. So long story short, the old man beats Santa by knocking his curling stone 
into the water uh and where where our story is taking place is at the expiration date of that 1000 year bet so santa is free from being a good guy Uh, so this is him celebrating his return to evil essentially by just going ape shit and killing anyone and everyone that gets in his way okay okay so now it's christmas day and here comes santa goldberg uh on his next tear My bad. Uh, that was not his theme song. That was Rikishi's theme song. I apologize. Sorry. I don't know how I missed that, I, man. It gets, you got to get on the ball, man. You're the guy manning the soundboard. Damn it. You have one job, Kyle. You have one I'm, fucking job. I'm a fucking idiot. Uh, <laughs> Why is that see, not yeah, on the he, soundboard? <laughs> dude, it's got to be on. I, I, it's on here. It's it's got to Scotty, it's got to be on here. It's probably Barry. Scott. <laughs> Scott. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's not on here. That's the weirdest thing. Uh, I'll get it. Um, I because I pulled some other sound bites from Boogie Nights uh, that were more important. I felt at the time, but I'll I'll, I'll go back. Um, okay, so there's a borderline hate crime. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. If you are the police coming in on this murder and you see this, this is a hate crime. Uh, what happens? But uh, he goes to visit Saul at the deli, and uh, he doesn't let him in. And Saul's just like, fuck off, like, you, you can't come in. <laughs> I do like, he busts the window open, puts the open, he turns the closed sign to open, and then just knocks the door down that was cute. to get in that there. That was cute. Yeah. I like I like small details like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's attention, a nice little attention to detail that I appreciate. Yeah, um, yeah he ends up, um, Saul tries to fight him off by throwing little pieces of candy no, at him. dreidels. I think they're dreidels. Oh, is it dreidels? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think he has he tried to shine the uh, star of David at him. It's to, an accident. Like they don't do anything with it. But um, so I need to, I need to point this out. So before this scene, a couple of kids get their heads exploded by some presents in the morning. By the way, uh, yeah. so Santa slips some explosive devices into their presents. Grandma says "fuck," <laughs> which is you know always welcome. Um, but yeah, at the deli. Uh, Goldberg comes in, he does everything Kyle said, and Mr. Green gets he gets testy with him and he starts throwing dreidels at him. And then Goldberg busts out one of his signature moves, the spear, uh, the shoulder tackle yes. to the midsection, and he goes through the uh, the glass case that holds all the, the deli meats and whatnot, and he hits Mr. Green in the torso, uh, who lets out an audible and also on the subtitle track, Oi! in response. Uh, hmm, <laughs> very on the nose. Um, but yeah, Goldberg gets him up against the wall, and he's like choking him. And the star of David around Mister Green's neck starts flashing in his eyes, and it like bothers him. Um, but then he very quickly gets past that, and he stabs Mister Green. He impales him against the wall, Michael Myers style, except through the throat instead of the torso, with a menorah. Um, and then, yeah. what is it he's eating as he's leaving? Is it potato salad or it is slaw? Some- it's some mayonnaise-based salad, whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, it looks I'm like guessing slaw it's, it's coleslaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the trick to uh, sandwiches I've learned from uh, from Jewish delis is you can put coleslaw on a nice cold cut sandwich and it really just elevates it. It's it's really quite nice. Um, yeah, he's just eating some coleslaw. Just it's kind of funny. We just watching him just walk around eating coleslaw. Maybe that I, I did catch um, some like improvised moments because like Mr. Green's first scene after the kids leave. The camera just, like, lingers on him, and he just, like, throws a dreidel onto the floor. He, like, spins it on the deli counter, and it falls to the floor, and then we cut. 
So maybe Goldberg just saw the slaw in the case and just started eating it while the cameras were running. I mean, it looked tasty. Uh, uh, dude, so then we, I didn't realize the, uh, the amount of Jewish cast that was in here. And I felt like, like in a movie like this, having explicit uh, references to Judaism, I'm just like, it's kind of weird. But the way it plays out is like, okay, we were... It makes a little bit more sense now, but this scene that comes up, so he leaves this Jewish deli, and uh, there are four Orthodox uh, Jewish men walking, and they just kind of look at him, and he gives like a hiss, like he, he kind of hisses at them. <laughs> he doesn't do anything to them, Which, he just like looks at them cross-eyed and makes like a growl or something. <laughs> and it, 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 it sounded kind of like a hiss, which was funny, but um, yeah, so... Uh, the boy of our breeding pair, he goes to see Debo. Yeah. He goes to see Tiny. Yeah. I don't know. Where is this at? I forgot. I just wrote down Debo. It's a gas station. And yeah, he has a gas brief station. encounter with Debo, with Tom Tiny Lister, uh, who has since passed away. Uh, that's a shame. But um, he actually yeah. uh, is not a professional wrestler, but he has done professional wrestling events. Um, he was the antagonist in the Hulk Hogan headlined film, No Holds Barred back in the eighties. Um, and he also was, he wrestled a couple of uh, pay-per-view matches against Hulk Hogan um, in WWF as well as WCW in the mid nineties. Uh, so I don't know if, I think Goldberg was in training around the time. Like he wasn't on the roster officially, like he wasn't on TV yet, but um, maybe they met like at the training facility or something, and maybe that's how Debo ended up in this movie. But yeah, he's just here, um, and he does fuck all. Except I did like uh, when the kid runs off and he ends up keeping the change. The face he makes, <laughs> he looks yeah, so happy to have those fun. extra three dollars. So happy to have it. <laughs> he's like Merry Christmas. That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, yeah. So then. Uh... <laughs> They go the go to this crime scene. He oh yeah, so he overhears that like, hey, there's something happened over at this deli. So this kid runs over to the deli, and I got a kick out of this. He goes up to Saul, who's hanging up on the wall, and he just kind of raises his head up, and he just whispers, "Santa's real." <laughs> and then he just dies. I thought it's really funny. His delivery is pretty good, um, and. Th- these two incompetent cops come. Well, one incompetent cop. The other one seems to be kind of with it. Um, they come into this crime scene, the little short one. Uh, he's just like, those uh, Orthodox Jewish gentlemen said that uh, they saw a Santa run out of here. And they're just like, it's weird that you're here. You should probably come. And the cop goes, round up those Amish guys, too. <laughs> like he didn't get didn't Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was listening to... Uh, the workaholics podcast this is important and uh adam divine told a funny story that he was on a date with some woman and he kept seeing what he thought were amish people walking around town uh, they were in like a car or using a car or something and he's like hey you're cheating <laughs> and he not realizing that they were jewish people oh. and the woman he's with he's just like what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Why are you yelling at Jews? That's a big red flag if you're on a date with somebody and they're just yelling at Jewish people. Uh, that, that's kind of a funny... It relates to this because the Amish. Yeah, um, uh, but the the two cops, the, the gag between them is that like the big guy is in charge, but he's a complete asshole and he's an, he's an idiot. But the little guy, 
seems like an idiot, but occasionally he's a genius. It's, it's actually kind of yeah. cute. He has one moment that's actually pretty funny. But uh, we go to the police station, mm-hmm. and we get to meet Captain Cock, uh, spelled C-A-U-L-K, Captain Cock. Uh, and we have this ticking clock factor that Nick keeps rattling on about, where he's like, uh, 7 p.m. is midnight and in the North Pole, and therefore Santa will cease his rampage or something at this time. This doesn't mm-hmm. factor into the plot at all. Um, but they keep bringing it up. Um, and the one funny part that this this little cop has is we cut to the two of them, the tall cop and the little cop, looking at a map, and they're, point, they're like planting these green flags on the map where all the killings are happening. And the tall cop's like, it looks like the killings form the shape of a, a Christmas tree. And it actually does. Mm-hmm. And then the little guy just like goes off on this like minute long rant about like no actually it's a irregular it's an irregular polygon, and then he cites like textbook definition of what an irregular polygon is, and it just like yeah. lingers on the two of them. And the tall cops is like, yeah, that's what I thought too. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say this guy just goes to the police station, talks to the the boss cop. Um, he ends up leaving and then goldberg just kind of comes in and kills everybody quietly like i just kind of happens i want to say there was a pattern for the way they filmed this movie was that they probably shot everything over the course of just a couple of days and they had the kids come in do their dialogue with all the actors on the same sets the same locations and then when the kids left because like if they're minors or something they have like very specific hours that they can work like after they leave, they bring in Goldberg on the same set on the same day and just have him do his scenes because there's this pattern that keeps happening. Everywhere these kids go, Goldberg shows up well, after the fact and kills everyone. Well, here's the thing. Um, he goes to the deli and he sees the picture of uh, the kid with the guy, the, the old man, the yeah. grandpa that he's kind of looking for. So it does make sense that he's he would be following the kid to get to the old man, but we're not told that in the story. Like, there's no there's no reason why he would be following him at this point until you've seen the end and understand. Like, you have to go back and like, oh, that's why he might be in the same place. But we're not, we're not shown that he's searching for him. Yeah, and actually this is where the movie, like, fully plays its hand and makes, makes it known this is partially just a nod to the Terminator. Um, and I actually really appreciate yeah. that where it's like this feel like we're at a fucking police station and a Terminator esque figure in the form of Bill Goldberg shows up and starts laying waste to people. Unfortunately, this was a good opportunity for like a rampage where he just like is stalking the hallways, just like doing what Arnold did in that first Terminator film, just like wrecking the, the shit of everyone that gets in his way. Uh, but no, instead mm-hmm. Santa kicks the door down and he grabs Captain Cock and, a. Uh, thrusts a stun gun into his nutsack and presumably kills him. Uh, he electrocutes him to death. Uh, and then uh, instead of like a rampage sequence, we just show Goldberg leaving and all the cops that we had met in the scene prior are just like killed on the floor or like pressed up against the wall in any number of ways. But the Terminator reference is made 100% explicit here with this next scene um, in that we yes. get to see the kids driving away and then Goldberg pursues them via cop car and then uh, proceeds to chase them on foot and gets into the into the back of their truck. I've got this theme music, so yeah. So they, they're driving away and then... Here. The butcher and the 
Oh, you know what? That is not his theme song. That was the Butcher and the Blades theme song. Ah, I can't believe I did that. Yeah. You know, like we'll, we'll get it right sometime, folks. I, I swear. Like, like this, the yeah. show, man. The show. It, it, like, sorry. I'm the world's greatest detective. Yeah, okay. Very clearly not, Kyle. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a t- this is the T two reference for sure. Go ahead. Yeah, so Santa, he's in the back of the truck, and the girl starts swerving to try to, like, shake him off. And there's this running gag that actually, for 2005 standards, is well ahead of its time, where the the boy, the, the, the would-be protagonist of the story, uh, is utterly incompetent and fails at doing all the things a lead character should be able to do. Uh, because she has to teach him on the fly, like, verbally, how to load and fire a shotgun, because he has no fucking clue. And then there's other instances later on in the film where he like there's things that a typical protagonist in one of these movies would just know how to do that he just completely fails at um, in place of yeah. her kind of doing it for him. Um, anyway, uh, she teaches him how to load the shotgun and he does so and he shoots Goldberg uh, who falls off the truck and then uh, he rolls down the road in a tuck and roll fashion that looks the same, identical. Uh, to the T-1000 uh, after they escape the the uh, asylum or whatever you want to call it with Sarah Connor. Uh, he doesn't have any golf clubs uh, like Flanders or uh, bladed or knives and stabbing weapons attached to his arms, but it's the exact same form, and they knew exactly what they were doing uh, with, with the choreography of the sequence. It was a nice little subtle reference that I really appreciated. Uh, and then we go back to Grandpa's house for a minute, and... Uh, not a whole lot happens, but some carolers arrive and Santa fucks all of their shit up. And uh, I will point out mm-hmm. the stunt lady here. Uh, she ate some shit. <laughs> she she gets dropped on the on the porch, and the way she takes this fall, it's like, oh, I hope she got paid. <laughs> Fuck. Um. Yeah. There was there was I think that was the bump I was paying. I saw too. I'm like, oh, I think think that one probably hurt a little bit because um, there was definitely one that I saw. I'm like, yeah, that looked like it. That looked like it hurt. Uh. Yeah. So. Uh, basically, Goldberg just makes his way in. They make their way out. Uh, he kills their grandpa right as they're getting on these snowmobiles, and then we have a snowmobile chase, um, which is surprisingly long. It's a it's a <laughs> it's a pretty long snowmobile chase. Yeah. Um, and I I think it ends. We get back to town, and Dave Thomas is dressed as Santa Claus, and there's kind of a gag with him. This snowmobile just kind of comes up, and he's like, "Damn it! Oh, sorry. Let's get back to singing." He's like trying to lead the choir, and then. And then uh, fucking Goldberg comes with his sleigh, and he's like, shit! Like, he keeps cursing. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah, it was cute. Um, and we do get a couple of good quotables um, from Goldberg that might actually be worthy of the soundboard someday. Is uh, oh, Grandpa got run over by a reindeer! <laughs> Which is terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. for some reason, the one that made me laugh the hardest was just because of the, the punch he puts on the last word in it. Is where, like... Somehow, Pastor Thomas gets hit by Santa's sled, and or his sleigh, uh, and uh, he falls into the passenger seat of it. And he's like, "Who are you? And uh, what do you try? What do you want?" And he looks at Santa, and Santa says to him, "Why, well, I'm just trying to spread a little Yuletide fear." <laughs> and then he like yeah. socks him in the face. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it feels very genuine, and it's so terrible. But somehow, the delivery of it actually made me laugh. You know. Everybody, considering what this movie is, everybody is doing their job. 
I don't I think James Conn was the only one you could kind of tell like he doesn't really want to do this but there's so little time that he's in the movie he's just like okay I'll give forth a slight effort but Bill, Bill Goldberg is going for it with he's this Santa character uh, the kids uh, they run off to hide in the school uh, very poor choice I'm not sure why that's important um, and I will point out that yeah. this uh, our our leading man uh, Nick uh, he takes fucking forever to get his coat off. I was like, you you should do that again, but <laughs> like like that was several seconds of screen time that was just devoted to you fumbling with a zipper. Uh, maybe cut that out of oh. your film. <laughs> uh, when Goldberg rips off his sleeves, this dude got a pump before these scenes for sure. Yeah, like he definitely went in the other room, got a pump. I'm like, man, he looks so like. You could tell his delts. I'm like, he definitely was in there doing some, doing something. Oh yeah, no, I I love that kind of shit on on movie sets. Where I remember watching the uh, behind the scenes material for uh, Flashpoint, the Donnie Yen headline film, and uh, both he and Colin, we reviewed it years ago, Kyle. I, I don't, I wouldn't expect you to remember it, but it it features Donnie Yen and Colin and Colin Cho uh, in a, in a martial arts fight at the very end of the movie, but. The two of them, like in the behind the scenes footage, they're both doing like shallow push ups, like before the final shots of the fight, just so it's like, we gotta get that pump. <laughs> it's like, we both got them guns out, we gotta look our best right before I kick your ass. <laughs> I tell you who got a, a big time pump going before they filmed their scene was that guy that Sub Zero kills at the demonstration dinner uh, in Mortal Kombat. Remember the guy who's. Yeah, that oh, dude was ripped out of his. Mind. I feel so bad for that guy. He didn't even get to show his face <laughs> on film, and then the way the angle that they show him doing his his air punches and kicks, he almost falls a couple of times, mm-hmm. and then left it in the movie. I mean, he yeah. was super jacked, but like his, his form, he's probably a talented martial artist. But like, they probably just said, "Just go, just like three minutes of you punching and kicking." It's like I don't care if you're tired, just keep kicking. And like he, he almost I falls re- a couple of times. <laughs> I might have mentioned it on that podcast, but I remember seeing him when I was a kid, and I'm like, "Mom, I want to look like that." She's like, "Well, when you get older, you can you can look like that." I'm like, "I'm gonna do that." Yeah, get you I some baby oil. Get some baby oil. Get some overhead lighting, and you'll be halfway there. <laughs> yeah. Don't eat, eat any z- bread. <laughs> any anything really? Don't yeah. eat anything. Just live off of <laughs> celery and water occasionally, sometimes water with a little bit of lemon. <laughs> uh, yeah, occasionally. Um, yeah, so he's chasing them. Uh, this him getting hit, the kid getting hit in the face with the book was just <sighs> that, just great. That was probably the funniest thing in the movie. Yeah, just just like the great. throw Goldberg throws a book at this kid's head for no reason <laughs> and bops him right on the nose. And it's so reaction, funny. His it, reaction, he's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but then he he like he but the gag keeps going he goes to run he's like that really hurt <laughs> well that's what makes it it's funny, funny. is that every other thing we've seen santa do to people it's like instantly lethal this was just for the joy of doing harm to a child yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny uh, because he, he didn't it, have to do it like it no it doesn't have incapacitate to capacitate him it doesn't kill him it just it just humiliates him <laughs> That was for the love of the game. Uh, yeah, you know what would have made it just that little bit better, Kyle, is if the mm. next shot when they're running down the hallway and he's like doing the Dennis Farina "Oh, I got brain freeze" thing with his hands on his forehead. Yeah. If you just hear Goldberg going, <laughs> yeah, he's laughing. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> or if he does a yes, precisely. Uh, <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so now we get, I think we get to a, a hockey rink. Um, he gets on the Zamboni. Oh, wait, and, wait, wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, please. I, I'm please. sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Santa Claus can spit fireballs. Yeah. Like I Bowser. <laughs> yeah. For exactly one shot in this movie, Bill Goldberg goes, <laughs> like Godzilla, and spits a fireball at them. Now, that's somebody I've called a cunt on more than one occasion. <laughs> Oh Bowser, uh, he's kind of my go-to in a lot of uh, in a lot of Mario games, though. Like Mario Kart, I like his, I like what? the weight, I like the acceleration. <laughs> the, no, the top. Oh, you're speed. out of your mind. And uh, Smash Brothers as well. I know he's probably low tier, as the kids would say, but I, I I enjoy using the Bowser. I am either Yoshi or Dry Bones. Gen- I'm generally Dry Bones with Mario Kart. Um, That's a good pick. Or That's sometimes. A good pick. Yeah, but but yes, he spits fireballs. I think it's supposed to be coal, uh, because he does sure. he does use hot coal earlier in the movie to burn down the stripper uh, place. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, go ahead, Kyle. Oh, I was just gonna say he gets on the zamboni. He tries <laughs> to get them, and then there's a Deus ex, ma- Deus ex machina uh, in the form of Ghost Grandpa. Yeah, I guess uh, shuts down the machine right before they get crushed to death. Yeah, I, I need to point out this line because this was another one that actually made me laugh. Um, uh, the the guy, Nick, uh, he's cornered with Mac, the girl. By the way, when they broke into the school, it was all her breaking the window because he tried and he like his fist bounced off the window, which was kind of hilarious. He like hurts himself trying to do it and she does it for him. And then uh, she instructs him to put his hands on her chest to push her in. Yeah, um, and she she has this line where she's like, "Do I have to be the the one to make every first move in this relationship?" It's like, I guess so. But um, yeah. it's 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 interesting in two thousand five to see character portrayals like this. Uh, uh, but the line that really made me laugh was um, when they're cornered by the Zamboni. Nick is he's shining a flashlight in Goldberg's eyes. Who's like puts his palm up to like cover his eyes because kind of annoying. Um, and <laughs> Colt for Gills, I'm Santa Claus, not fucking Dracula. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Something about it just made me laugh. Uh, yeah, it's pretty, it was a pretty good one. It was stupid. <laughs> anyway, uh, Deus Ex mocking a grandpa. Yeah, and, uh, grandpa comes in, uh, and then he's like, all right, we're going to settle this once and for all. We're going to do a curling match against each other again, which if you would have told me that, the uh in scene like the, the the ending for these characters would be a, a curling match you're like a, a curling okay okay that's that's something um they make a little hell pit there in the uh on the uh, ice and it's kind of funny so grandpa shoots his whatever the fuck that thing is um gets it pretty close and then goldberg's about to do his and then he just throws grandpa uh into the pit and uh he's like no bet i'm just gonna go rogue um, and then I think uh, the boy ends up uh, getting Goldberg with the chest, uh, the uh, nutcracker, the chestnut cracker. Yeah, he has a action movie Schwarzeneggerian esque uh, quip here, where he says "chest nut" because uh, he shoots him in the chest with mm-hmm. the chestnut gun. But um, I will point out that Goldberg has a funny line, kind of similar to the uh, the short cop, where it's like a dumb guy is unexpectedly smart kind of out of nowhere which sometimes works in this case it does where the kid is trying to explain like but like it's midnight in the north pole you should be powerless like the day of slaying is over 
And then Goldberry's like, actually, the North Pole's at the top of the world where all the time zones converge. Therefore, Christmas is only over when I say it's over. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. oh shit, you, goddamn Santa, you really logic your way out of that one. Uh, there's uh, Archer is the perf is the perfect uh, example of that because he's an idiot. He's like just a dumbass. But like, there's a funny uh, line where Lana's like, uh, "What's your blood type?" He's like, "What's my blood type? Who am I? Carl Landsteiner, discoverer of blood types?" <laughs> and she's like. You know who discovered them, but you don't know your own blood type. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a good joke. Yeah, yeah um, I like stuff like that. Yeah, uh, th- yeah, you should definitely watch it because there's way more of that in the series as it well, moves I'm on. up to season uh, two, Kyle. <sighs> well, you know what? Uh, my fucking Best Buy package that I sent you for Christmas never showed up, so I got to figure that out. So you might have had Archer season three so in there. Fuck you, Best Buy. Yeah fucking assholes uh yeah so what happens from here uh so grandpa is he's been thrown down the hole to hell and then they shoot santa with the nutcracker gun uh and this is where the movie completely falls apart which is really unfortunate because like as evidenced by kyle and i laughing at things all the way through this discussion it there were there were going places like this was this had its moments like we it didn't lose us or anything but this is where it really just f- literally collapses. Like, like it, it runs out of steam and goes exactly nowhere. Um, it's a wet noodle, uh, if you want to use uh, Brad from the Cinema Speaks uh, terminology. So um, Grandpa is revealed to not be dead. He's actually hanging from the chasm. Uh, so they hear him and they're like, oh, we got to save Grandpa. And uh, Santa, from the neck down... May, may be a body double, who knows. Uh, he flees via Zamboni, so he smashes through a wall or something with the Zamboni, and he disappears. And uh, we see Santa knock out Pastor Thomas again. Uh, Grandpa is pulled up out of the hole, and he says, Kids, go save the day. And then through plot convenience, he's unable to follow them out of the ice rink. Like a magical, like, like a video game. An invisible wall appears, and he's like, Whoop! can't go any further man you like okay i gotta go back to heaven so he leaves he's out of the movie uh and then the kids they go to meet up with the gun club of which uh the girl her dad it's been said several times throughout the movie he's like a he's an avid member of or maybe the the chief of or something uh so their plan is to lure santa to the gun club so they can blast him precisely and they've been trying to do this throughout the whole movie by not going and doing that. So now they're finally going and doing that, and they do some sort of whistle uh, that lures Santa's bison sleigh to them. And then uh, her dad has a bazooka, which he shoots the bison with, which it, which explodes it. It gets exploded in midair. Uh, and then uh, they, they walk somewhere, and they find Pastor Thomas... Killed off screen by being mm-hmm. impaled on a flagpole, and everybody just jumps to a conclusion and assumes because he's dressed in a Santa outfit, it must have been Pastor Thomas who did who done did all the killings. Okay, um, and uh, by the way, Kyle, did did the kid do the below the waist punch thing to the girl? Like, what is that called? Yes. Uh, it doesn't have a name, but it is a thing. Yeah, where you have. 
uh, circle, three fingers, below the waist. Yeah, that was a popular game when I was in middle school, high school. I came back when I was in my early 20s. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that game is called, but you're not supposed to look at that. I, I'm, yeah, it, I guess it's like a bishop's knife game. Uh, it's it's just the game. Like I don't know what it's called, but it's a thing that people do. And yeah, I remember all the mm-hmm. fucking kids at my high school doing that. And I never part I never partook in that. But uh, yeah, you're not supposed to look. Uh, so the boy does that to the girl, and uh, they like punch each other, and then they smooch, fade to black, and then uh, we uh, find Santa Bill Goldberg uh, at an airport. Oh, go ahead, Kyle. I was gonna say this is his last. This is his last uh, second to last moment on screen, really. But I want to make sure that I actually get his theme in here real quick. Um, you know what? You know, I'll wait till I'll wait till the very end as we're as we're as we're leading out, so we can at least end on his theme. So okay, we'll, that we'll that'll give you through. time to queue up the you know the correct file, Kyle. Like like you need to remember, folks. We we do we do this live and on the fly, so like Kyle has a lot of pressure. You know, it's it's very difficult to double click the right file. You know, if you didn't get the joke, folks, I just didn't. I I kept queuing up the wrong one, but I'll I'll end it with his theme song. At yeah, the end, you know, so. it, these things happen. You know, he's he's, he's working yeah. on it as we speak. So I'll get I'll get us to the finish line, and he yeah. can he can play us out with you know that that. That, that, the luscious sounds of the Goldberg march. Um, anyway, it. Goldberg, he's at the airport, and he's got himself a haircut. He's shaved his beard a little bit. It's been styled, and he looks like a fucking biker now. Um, yes, yes. Uh, oh, speaking of the speaking of biker, so that uh, bouncer that we were talking about earlier, he is one of the guys that gets the shit beat out of him by uh, uh, Heath Ledger in Brokeback Mountain. You haven't seen that yet, have you? I have. Oh, you have? Yeah. Remember the two cowboy, the two bikers that are talking shit, and he's just like, hey, I got two little girls over here. And he just turns around and knocks the shit out of these guys. So he was one of those guys. Okay, well, that means he's an experienced uh, stunt guy. Uh, so yeah. probably not a wrestler, but definitely an experienced stunt man in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Uh, I'm a stunt man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, Santa... Uh, he's going by like I think the last name like Shavon or something or Satan or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's pretty great. Um, uh, he's hopping a plane to the North Pole because, as we saw earlier, his bison got exploded, uh, so he doesn't have yeah. a sleigh anymore. So he's getting a plane ride to the North Pole, and uh, the lady at the front desk asks him, and you can tell like this actress was like really conflicted about this like she just wanted to go home she's like has your sack been out of your sight at all and i think he just like says no or something it's it's like an attempt at a joke that goes nowhere anyway uh he sits down and looks menacing next to some normies uh at the terminal and uh we have some more shitty christmas songs and credits uh but we actually do get a post-credits moment in this movie um wherein bill goldberg once again as santa appears and he looks directly into the camera and he says the Goldberg thing. He, he said the line. He did the thing. He says, who's next? Who's next? Yeah. I even knew, yeah, because I, I grew up around a lot of, uh, I grew up at, like wrestling was huge. So there was always uh, a lot of Yokiro Taco Bell t-shirts, a lot of Stone Cold Steve Austin t-shirts. But I do remember the more white trash kids definitely had some Goldberg, uh, <laughs> had Goldberg t-shirts. <laughs> Yeah, but that is the end of Santa's sleigh. All 78 yes. minutes of it. Now, I'm not saying watching wrestling is white trash. I'm saying watching WCW when WWF was at its height was white trash. 
That's all I'm saying. I won't fight you on that. (laughs) (laughs) We were a we were a largely a WWF household, um, especially when The Rock came to prominence, like after he ascended to the 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 leadership role in the Nation of Domination. Uh, That was very much what pushed him to the top of our uh, our list in our household. Even the mom, even mom would watch The Rock, but um, oftentimes would be flipping back and forth. Like, depending on which show was more interesting at the time, Matt, my brother, would flip to the other one. I was going to say, you were WWF fans because your parents had jobs. Uh. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh! Probably true. <laughs> if you look at the demographics, yeah. probably 100% yeah. true. <laughs> uh, yeah, WCW. Good times, good times. But yeah, that was Santa's Slay, directed by David Steinman who has done exactly nothing else um, and produced by Brett Ratner, who hopefully will do nothing else. <laughs> but yeah. uh, any closing thoughts on Santa's sleigh, Kyle? Yeah, no, uh, Santa's sleigh. It was, it was fun enough to pay attention. If you, this is the perfect kind of stupid movie where it's, it's dumb. The writing's not the best, but there was, there was the potential for a better movie here, but what we got is totally fine. And it's under, 80 minutes which is incredible uh so if you can just keep that formula i'll watch more of these yeah this was not terrible i actually had a lot of fun with it just largely on the strength of goldberg and his lack of charisma like like you can tell he's trying really hard but it's not quite working and yet somehow it ends up working but um and yeah it's short it doesn't waste a whole lot of your time uh i wish it was a little bit more uh, gory um but we did get a couple of good kills, especially in that prologue um, with all the big name actors, and also that uh, stripper pole electrocution sequence. The uh, CGI and the makeup effects on that dude's face getting rotted out was actually not half bad. Like that was pretty grisly. I liked yeah. it. Um, but yeah, Santa, you could do a whole lot worse than Santa Slay. Um, but yeah, this was the first sure. of our uh, satanic Santa films uh, for the month of December 2022. So look forward to more. Uh, killer santas out there uh we will be reviewing violent night hopefully uh, in the future um but in the meantime uh stay tuned for more satanic santas but uh also in the meantime if you'd like to catch up on any of our other catching up on cinema content you can do so by navigating to our website at catchinguponcinema.com uh, you can also find us on the social medias in the form of the instagram at catching up on cinema as well as the twitter at catching cinema so feel free to hit me up at either of those and the podcast is available on pretty much every platform you can imagine, including Bitcade. So fucking Google it. And that Google being it. said, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. 